welcome. This week's episode is brought to you by Films for Change and in our lovely studio, Studio Creative. Um, I thought we were done this year um, after our producer Jerry talking to a mannequin, um, but um, something came up and that's why we're all here recording on the 11th of December, so just before Christmas. So I've got two guests. Um, first one um, has been before. Um, John, I think he's my dad, Diamond. Sorry, Joel, you need to stop slapping here. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, I'm oh. slapping. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Take two, three, three, four, or is it five? You can pick it up from John, uh. I think he's my dad. Yep. Uh, John, uh, I think he's my dad, Diamond. And Ralph, um, who... Ralph Impact Montague. Did I pronounce your last name? Montague. 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 Oh, of course it is. It's That's French. It is French. French. Montague. Yeah. Who... Um, has been on before, but right right at the start of the, I think my second episode ever. So mm. um, there's a lot of feedback back then as well. So um, thank you for coming on back again. Um, Pleasure. This is this is different to when you're back in your shop. <laughs> what do you think so far? <laughs> Very different. Very, Very different. different. That's good. Um, why are we here? Um, is is the question? And I, I, I think your your yeah your story is probably why the reason we're here because I was thinking of like you know talking to you randomly like I just had this random thought one day you know about nutrition and stuff because I know that you're big on that and I thought who do I know and I thought no Ralph but um I want to know your story I want you to tell the listeners your story because um it's mm. um it's interesting yeah um well we met obviously the, the first time we did the uh um the podcast was in my shop which was a nutrition shop in uh, in Erina and um he, um, Joel, used to come in fairly regularly and we'd had fairly in-depth chats, which was, which was good. Um, but my story is, um, well, I'm, we were talking about this earlier on. I'm, I'm 73 years old. I'm 74 in April. And um, I always look back and think, wow, what a blessed life I've had. Now, I say that not necessarily in um, everything's gone right for me, because it hasn't. You know, I've had lots of failures i've had lots of fall downs i've made lots of stupid mistakes but i've done lots and and that is i think is the most important thing in life and one of the things that i've got a passion for recently i mean at 73 i'm probably one of the oldest personal trainers definitely on the coast and i became a personal trainer at 70 and the reason was not just for my own health but it was i saw there was such a need for mature, I don't like to use the word old, mature people um, to, and especially men, to get active. Yeah. And that's where the part of the conversation came. And it's just been November. Yes. And uh, I, I decided I was going to, I wish I had a photo of my final mow. I had a proper mow down here. Yes, it was horrendous. It yes. was horrendous. My <laughs> wife, actually, it's a wonder I'm still married because my wife refused to kiss me for one month mm. and uh, then then we won't go anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, it, November is a really good cause and I, I thought oh, I'll try it and I, I put a target up of 50 bucks and uh, I ended up getting, a, I think it was $850, oh, yeah. the donation, yeah. which is, it's, you know, it's not huge, but mm. it really put me in touch with people who 
um, saw the need, especially men, saw the need and encouraged me. But it was a lot of women that encouraged me as well. I must mm. say that they were just saying, oh, I wish my my husband would be more active. I wish my husband would uh, um, do a little bit more around the house. And she, they're not whinging, they're just being constructive. Mm. Okay. And so that's really, life-wise, um, I mean, I was born in the UK um, in 1950, and um, from a working man family, and one of the things my dad instilled in me was the work ethic. So I it could say I was a workaholic, and I still am. And I don't believe in retirement. Um, I always jokingly say, show me in the Bible where it says retire. There's no such word as retirement in the Bible. Yeah, because it's this... Per- get your thoughts on this as well that mm. um with retirement it's almost like this 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 death sentence before you know mm. before it's even happened it's like your, your life's over when really it's not well the stats tell us that when people retire the chance of physical ailments and even um death increase mm. uh, because their meaning and their purpose gets removed mm. um and they sort of lose their sense of identity yeah um and that's uh, and as we know our, our mind and bodies are connected so if you're not feeling uh, whole, you get unwell. Yeah, yeah. So staying moving, uh, yeah. both in mind and body, so good for us. Apparently, I, I remembered one of the many jobs I did was uh, working as an insurance broker, and I went through the training. And uh, the thing they talked about, I was doing selling um, savings and superannuation, and they said the average male, when they retire, they're dead within seven years. Wow. And that shocked me. It really shocked me. And by the way, I didn't last very long in insurance because I kept talking people out of it because they mm. couldn't afford it. So my boss called me in one day and said, yeah. Ralph, I really don't think this business is for you. You weren't meeting your quotas. On oh, definitely not. Definitely not. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, that's um, that's staggering. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, it comes to mental health. I just find that, like, particularly, you know, people just, you know, giving up and not finding purpose as we were as we've you know spoken about um even with um in working lives in all ages like um people working full time and going months and months and months and months you know a year and not taking a break mm. um that's burnout because um the second they realize and people know it they just keep going you know but you know if they took a break mm. for a week two weeks you know every 4 to 6 months they not only do they get a rest but their creativity comes back their imagination comes back and their their love probably for what they do and what they're grateful for comes back all of it comes back but if you just keep going mm-hmm. you know I'd... it's always about the balance i think yeah because it's you have um you can have a work ethic um but if your work ethic is to put a lot of pressure on yourself mm. uh, without a break mm. then that's not sustainable yeah. no. so having uh, working in some self-care uh, or so or respite mm in that world uh, will give you a bit more longevity but you've also got to like or love what you do right because if you uh, I was saying this to Joel actually earlier that um, uh, hospice and um, uh, palliative care nurses that have been doing it for decades they talk about the greatest regrets of people on their deathbed and they talk about um, they wish they they weren't um, trying to be something for others Mm. you know their their whole lives they Mm. wish they were more authentic and did what they loved and worried less and and didn't work as hard that sort of stuff trying to uh, impress or get acceptance or um, 
you know, ego stuff. Mm. So, yeah, the balance. It's always yeah. about a balance, isn't it? I think it's being who you are. You know, I have a, a, a belief, and the belief is that um, we're all made individually, and the trouble is the majority of people, like you say, they will try and clone somebody else that they think is making it somebody else that's successful. And so instead of, as you say, go through their life mm. and they get to the end of the life and they go, what have I achieved that I want to achieve? Mm. Yeah, and well. a lot of people just, they, they haven't. Mm. Um, and work ethic is, is so true about having a day off. I, I'll give you a story. My brother, um, who died at um, 49, um, he was an absolute workaholic. He would work seven days, wow. 12 hours a day. Oh. Now, he had money. Um, unfortunately, he was also uh, a gambler. So he had money and then it went. He was also an alcoholic. And uh, he had no real family life, although he had one son. Um, he, he really worked himself to death. Mm. And I know it's, it sounds like a negative, but I actually saw that in him and realised that I'm not going to be like that. I do work hard, mm. and I've always worked hard, and there are times I have worked seven days a week, but I've always had the balance. Mm. I've always been able to, as you say, have a week off. Mm. Go and, I, I call it my quiet place. Go and find a quiet place. Perfect, yeah. Where you can sit and just veg. The moment my quiet place is my garden. Mm. Now, a lot of people go, ah, oh, that's a bit old fashioned. Mm. Well, it used to be going down the beach fishing. Yeah. That was my quiet place. Or getting on a boat and fishing, quiet place. Everyone's different. And everyone, absolutely. And it's different in a different time of their life too, right? Yeah, so absolutely. The quiet place can absolutely. change multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you talk about work ethic, I think that's a good segue into um, with kids and, you know, um, putting in the time with your kids mm. is huge. Um, I know people obviously got to juggle everything when you're a parent. Um, I know this now, having two young kids now. But... Um, but, you know, you get caught up, you get, you know, with work and everything and you get you get mixed up of what's important and whatnot. But uh, I tell you, if you put in the time with your kids, it will, you will get rewarded mm. in more ways than one. It's good modelling too, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. if the kids see you taking time for yourself and for them, yeah. then as they get older, they'll know, they'll see the importance of that. They'll go, yeah. yeah. Uh, most people either, if they, they see an extreme behaviour, in their parents, they'll either follow it or opposite it. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So if they've got a, a, a parent who's, who's um, obsessive about something, um, they could take on that trait or they'll take on the opposite extreme trait of that. Same with addictions and things like that. Mm -hmm. So if you, as a parent, um, and I think you're doing it better than I did, just by the way, um, I think you, you, you balance that between caring for self, mm -hmm. providing, and also giving the time to them, I think you're, you're doing well with that balance. Yeah, yeah but I think this too, I think everyone is different um, in their makeup and genetic and whatever, but also different times as well, yeah. different influences, different role models that they had. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, I think most people, you like to think most people, just do their best. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with, with what they know at the time. I know what they, that's exactly right, what yeah. they know at the time. Even information is different at different mm -hmm. times in history compared to now as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I um even just talking about mental health in general tonight, um, even just saying those words, a lot of people straight away will go, oh, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with mm -hmm. the, with the word health." Mm. You say mental fitness, it's a completely different change. Mm. You know, mm. and I, 
you know, even going to hospitals and you see mental health, you know, you think, you know, I wonder, I mean, obviously it's a hospital, mm. but, <laughs> you know, just in general, I mean, it doesn't have to be a hospital change, we're saying change the health to, you know, to fitness at hospitals, but uh, even just in general conversation, you know, how's your mental fitness going? Mm. You know, that goes along with what you do, that goes along with what dad does, you know, yeah. um, fitness instructor, counsellor, you know, that brings it all together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's yeah. quite interesting that we tried to differentiate mental health exercise, nutrition, uh, society, socialising. The reality is that most of them work together. You've got, for example, I know, I, I work with the, what we call a young at heart group in the gym, and they're all over 60, and we've got 90-year-olds in there. Mm-hmm. And obviously we have to tailor the exercises, but I work as group, and then that's done specifically because of relationship. Mm-hmm. And then when the group... And I, I've done a class this morning and I had class, people in th- groups of three. Yeah. So I'd give each of them a different exercise, but there were three of them. And I always say to them, pick somebody you don't know. Hmm. So, wow, okay. so you get to know them. The exercise thing, the fact that they've got out of the chair and gone along and done some exercise, I believe helps with their mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, if they're also, if they're dietary needs which is another area that I'm, I'm full on is working together as well they've got most of it is is there for happy healthy lifestyle mm. in, in happy i call it happy aging healthy aging, healthy aging. happy healthy aging mm. yeah that's that's very important i think that would um help anyone in any age especially in the world now because what's happening right now and i think it's because of mm. social media and technology and whatnot is that People aren't as social, yes, as in face to face, as they once were, and because of that, this current generation's growing up not knowing how to talk to someone face to face because they don't have enough experience in doing it. Yeah, mm. there's a term <coughs> called cocooning. Cocooning, right, cocooning mm-hmm. is where, you, for example, it's not always because of social media that's happening even more, but it can be the fact there's so much going on in life in a world. And people are fearful. They become fearful of the things that are going on. Mm. So they stay at home. So their contact with other people is through social media, where they're not, they're not under attack, they're not being robbed, they're not being abused, whatever it is. So they cocoon. And we're not built to be in a cocoon. We are built as social animals. Mm. And that is the beginning, I believe, is in a lot of cases, the beginning of the going downhill. So you've got to break out of the cocoon. Yeah, it's funny. It, you just reminded me of um, back in like 2020. I remember people were cocooning times 10. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So mm. you can imagine the effect that would have had. Yeah. Yeah. It's about connection. Yeah. So if you, um, uh, human beings are meant to be with human beings. And uh, you go back generations with, you know, the family unit, the, the nuclear family three levels of, of, of generation in one home, yep. um, and then even all the way back to the village family. Right? Yep. So everyone's caring for everyone and everyone's connected to everyone. But over this last you know, a few decades, uh, probably the last generation or two, we've sort of become more insula- isolated, insulated, cocooning. Mm. And I think that lack of connection is probably um, part of an epidemic of depression, and mm. anxiety, mm. loneliness. Yeah. Uh, even suicide rates. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like stats, but I was. The, the stats for suicides in Australia, mm-hmm. um, I think it's over nearly 300, and th- sorry, 3,500 
Currently, last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. Last year. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. 3,500 last year. But the interesting one is men. Mm-hmm. Men is 2,400 yeah. for last year. So out of that 3,500, 2,400 are men. Yeah. And the age group Static. is somewhere around, I think it's 30 to, f- to 60, mm. is the biggest age group in that area. Yeah, sad. Um, is that, and why is that? Do you, is it women, I, I, you know, general, just generally, I think women talk. That's... I think I, that's yeah. my theory is that yeah. women are more social. Yeah. Is that is that what you found? Or you yeah, found yeah. I, I I ran a group many years ago called Dads in Distress. I don't know if you remember that. And it was um and that was uh, around men going through separation and divorce. Um and the the rate back then was seven men a day I think or mm-hmm. something like that it was huge. Um but it was it was about um and and once again generational in this country at this time in history. Um I think um, men weren't taught to feel. Mm. Um, in the last 50 years. They were sort of taught to, to hang on to that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and, and I hate generalising, but generally, yeah, women will talk. They'll, mm. they'll vent. They'll process. Yeah. Uh, men were taught to not feel in those mm. families, and that's not sustainable. It's, it's no. the old English thing, stiff up a lip. Mm. Yeah. Don't show your emotion. My family were just like that. Mm. Don't show your emotion. Don't show you love somebody. Don't show you're upset. Just don't show anything, mm. and I think that's really still around. So, yeah, so there's still yeah, there's still a I feel like it is still around. Mm. Um, it's still in society today. Um, so talk about the suicide rates. Obviously, they were where they were before mm. COVID. Obviously, they're a lot worse now. I don't think COVID matters. I just I'm saying it doesn't matter. But nice. either without it, it's it's still there and it's still mm. high, mm. especially for men. There is more education now mm. on this than ever, and still it goes up. We are actually, apparently we're in best time in history. We're, we're the, uh, yes, there's lots of terrible things happening around the world, but it's the least amount of terrible things is actually happening around the world. But everyone seems to be concentrating yep. on the negatives. Um, and they're forgetting, and I, I noticed your words of gratitude before, that is so important mm. to, to, you said I felt blessed, yeah? Mm. So gratitude's so important. Uh, but just quickly on the suicide thing, because I was on the, the lines, the telephone lines of uh, Lifeline mm. for about 20 years, and that um, people feeling, right, not just men, but people feeling was the key. And people would ring the, the suicide line not wanting to live. Um, but the reason they rang, the people that wanted to suicide actually went and suicided. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't do it. They were done. They're out. The ones that actually rang, there was this small part of them uh, that wasn't 100% yet. Mm. And they're the ones that rang. And the key to their survival was having someone on the other end of the, the line mm. wanting to know all about their reasons for wanting to die. Yeah. Wanting them to feel that suffering wanting mm. them to express that suffering and it was in the feeling of the feelings mm. and the expression of the suffering that it lowered the 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 chance of suicide yeah and most people don't quite get that they think oh, if someone's in emotional pain you want to save them or mm. make them feel better that's actually the opposite no. you, you want the you want to provide them a place for them to feel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the the key i've got this is my theory when you speak things out even if you've got an ear listening, mm. you speak things out, it goes out of your mouth. First of all, it's in your brain. Mm. It goes out of your mouth. It go, you listen to it. It goes back into your ear. <laughs> it goes to another part of the brain, mm. which in some cases is able to 
logically put it together. It does. And, yeah. and, and the other thing is that you've got, I've got somebody that wants to listen to me. Yeah. Mm. It's called venting for yeah, a reason. Yeah, venting. I, I call it vomiting. Yeah, that's it's it. Vomiting. Absolutely. Is my word. And, and uh, I'm not in your industry, but I, mm. I remember a couple of years ago, someone, uh, I can't remember where I saw it, but it was um, losing weight. They said, when you exercise, where, where's the fat going? <laughs> and and anyone saying it doesn't just fall off you, and it was coming out of the breath. Mm. So once again, not strictly true, but yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah. Well, but there is, there is, it does happen. You, you, it does happen. It's yeah, in the yeah. breathing that you lose yeah. these yeah, yeah. calories. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's in the it's in the venting, the venting. of absolutely. the stuff that yeah. lightens us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah absolutely. Jeez, that absolutely. was poetic. Oh, that was good. I know. Yeah. We should buy that yeah. one. I think it's the T-shirt. I think it's the T-shirt. Somebody said to me today, Mo, Mo, Oh, yes. Men. Oh, good. Tuss. Mo, men, tuss. I said, oh, is that why you're going to talk? Yeah, I don't think Joel put these that, that thought into it, but it seems yeah. to have come and, out, hasn't I know, it? Um, I, think, I think we should do the second opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a happy coincidence. Happy coincidence. Yeah. I'll tell you, if I can tell you another story yeah, of my of life, of just going talking about the suicide thing. Mm. Um, when I was um, many, many years ago, and I spoke about this in the car, um, I used to have a record store in Perth. Um, it was a big store. One of the, I actually had two record stores, three video libraries, and a coffee lounge. Mm. The coffee lounge name was Monty's, and it was when I bought it, it was called Monty's. I thought, ah, oh, this is divine. I've got to get this one. This is meant for me. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but the point was, um, I took a partner on, and uh, unfortunately, he was helping himself to the cash in the till because it was in those days it was nearly all cash, mm. and uh, I I went into part term bankruptcy, so I had a beautiful five acre property uh, built the house on there or renovated the house and nice car I was driving an MGB GT mm-hmm. beautiful car and I remember one night this was just when it was all falling apart and I had to face what was going to happen lose the lot and that day I'd have my son I bought him a 50cc Honda motorbike which he used to drive around and he was always on this bike. He loved it. Mm-hmm. He was probably about eight, nine then. And that day, I had to sell it. Mm-hmm. And somebody came to look at the bike. Yeah. And he was holding my hand. And he said, he looked up at me. And he said, Dad, why are they taking my bike? Mm-hmm. That was the low point in my life. Yeah. And that night, I drove down to the Swan River in the MG. And I there was no one around. It was a car park. And I sat there. And I went. I can't take this anymore. Mm. I've, this is good. I've got to. I've got to get out of this. I emotionally, I was so drained. Mm. Physically, I was drained. But the thing that saved me was the image of my son looking up at me, believe it or not, yeah. and saying, "Dad, why are they taking my motorbike?" Mm. It was the son, and I've got to add a daughter who was a few years younger. The kids. So at that point, that image came to me and I went, I can't leave them. Mm. I can't leave these two children and my wife on their own. And it turned around. Now, that was my epiphany. Mm. But some people will be in the same position and and they'll go, they're better off without me. 
That's mm. usually too, the, yeah too deep, too dark. Yeah, and they yeah, yeah and they say oh, they're they're all better off without me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Which is not true. No, it's a it's a total lie. I'm a burden to them. Absolutely, I'm mm. a burden. They'd be better without me. They won't think mm. about it. Mm. I, my son, and my do- young daughter, they wouldn't be better without me. Mm. Well, some of them might say they were better without me, but that's yeah. another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a, that's a so I do story. understand. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah no, I understand that point and uh, and I, I didn't have anybody to talk to at that point mm. Mm. which was um, which was I, in hindsight I think it would have been easier for me if I'd had a mate I mm. could talk to or someone phone yeah, yeah. someone yeah. yeah but it ha- happened it was positive yeah. it happened yeah. anyway that's that's the thing I noticed um, was the people that the people didn't ring they would die yeah. People that rang, there was a part of them that, that wasn't 100% yet. And, and that part, the common thread uh, after hearing all their pain, was that they had at least one unconditionally loving presence in their life. Mm. And it may have been, you know, an auntie, a nana, mm. even a pet yeah. or kids, right? Because kids love unconditionally, right? Absolutely. So so that was the, that was the key. And, and it was only after... You gave them all the time that they needed to talk about their, their suffering and their mm. reasons for dying. That there would be a turning point. Yep. And the turning point, and you would validate that. And you say, yes, that is terrible. You are suffering. Mm. You, you can't see light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's just so dark. And then they would say, although the kids need me, right? Or who would look after the dog? Mm. Or mm. you know, my I, my auntie would be so lost without me, or something. They had something in yes. there. Yes, the common yeah. theme there is that it's a sudden realization of purpose, right? Some realization of, you know. Well, it's meaning too. Meaning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have someone, uh, something recently again I, I saw on social media, which, good or bad, and it was um, someone who said that um, uh, if you have one person in your life that believes in you, mm. just just one, mm. that, that actually believes in you and, and believes that you are capable and trusts you, mm. The power of that is tremendous. Mm. Um, so yeah, not having that, then yeah, there's not not a lot to go on. You need that, that connection. Mm. You need that connection, connection, unconditionally loving presence, and someone that believes in you. Yeah, and and is willing to give you time. Yeah, and I think our society has changed so much with this cocooning thing. See, my dad, he was in World War Two. Um, he was lost for six months, presumed killed. So my my mum mm. would oh. have had. The old telegram. Mm. Yeah, right to, yeah. They found him. He was very sick, very ill. And all I remember of him was um, being sick, coughing. But I also remember his his outlet for that was alcohol. Yeah. But it was yeah. more than just alcohol. Yeah. He went to a particular club in England and he became um, president of the club. So he would not talk at home. I can't even remember a conversation I had with my dad. He never took me to soccer, never took me anywhere. Mm. Football, sorry. Mm. He never took me anywhere. And, um, but I didn't understand at that stage what he was going through. Yeah. So his family was going up, getting a few owls down him and talking to everybody. And he would do that. Yeah. And that's how he was. That was why he, he yeah. never committed suicide. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't the alcohol, was it? It was the, no, no, the, no, no, the social. That's how he coped for his PTSD. Absolutely. And that was human yeah. connection. Yeah. It wasn't until I, I became more mature and realised what he'd gone through, 
that I was able to forgive him. Mm. And I wish he's passed, he passed a long time ago now. Um, his illness finally caught up with him. But um, I almost look back and go, he saved us, our family, from all of that trauma as well that mm. he'd gone through. Yeah, he did. So right, yeah. Yeah. I, I never really thought about that thank until like, later on. Later on. So yeah. thank you, Dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I thank him now, yeah. which I didn't when I was younger, though. It's funny, isn't it, that you realise you experience things when you're younger and then it could take you a long time to work out the meaning behind the events that happened. Like when Absolutely. You're, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, and there's so much going on at the moment for other people as well. I mean, I know this is another issue. One of the it, it, the issues I see at the moment is um, family violence. Yeah, domestic domestic violence. Yep. I see, it and and they're all looking for the answers. And 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 I, I I think to myself, one of the answers is why are the men doing this? Mm. Are they asking the question why? Mm. Because. It, 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 it's, it's that's the core it's not necessarily yeah they're doing it and they're, it's wrong totally wrong I would never do it I, I feel horrible about it mm-hmm. that I'm a male and these things happen but why are they doing it mm-hmm. there has to be a point something happens in that person's life that tips him over to do something like that with a wife that he's had for years or, or a, a lady that he's going out with that he was in love with whatever the reason I think the answer to it, they're, they're talking about um, a lot about um, protection of the wife and the girlfriend. I agree with that, no doubt whatsoever. But why are the men doing it? Find out. Do some research on that. I can give you some insight. If oh, you I'm like. sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure you can in your, um, what you do. Uh, I've run uh, Anger Management Group here on the coast, um, and they call them perpetrators, mm. um, and they used to call them victims, and they call them survivors. Yeah. Um, the, the change in language. Yeah. Happens, uh, yeah. The, and you're right, the, the question is why, and the men, and we were talking about coping mechanism with your dad, uh, the anger, yeah. the, the rage, it's actually a coping mechanism yeah. for, and it's not actually, we used to, first night of anger management, we changed the name with the participants to, it's actually hurt management, it's pain management. Mm. And it's from uh, most of the time childhood trauma yep. or teenage trauma. Mm. Um, and it's PTSD. And the way they cope to feel safe and in control from having a childhood of anarchy mm. um, is to have control. And, and the way they get that control is by controlling everything, mm. including the people around them. And that comes out with rage and anger. Mm. So the, the question is always why. Mm. And, if they can, and if these men um, or women, uh, there was anger management for men and women. Mm. Uh, I try not to generalise because you have domestic violence. Yes, of course you do. Okay, and same-sex relationships and mm. also different generational yep. domestic violence. Um, it's all about those people going... Um, I need to look at me. This is not sustainable for me, and uh, and I want to try a different way. Mm. And I'm done that way. That's when they are ripe to look at and ask the question why, mm. as you exactly as you said. But isn't it interesting? I hear this from you. Mm. Don't hear it on the news. No. no. <laughs> I don't no. hear any of that on the news. I, I, yeah. it, it's, it's bizarre. I don't see it in f- social media. You know, mm, I, no. I hear it from somebody that's facing it mm. and is working with it mm. under the radar mm. almost. It's, uh, I'm going to sound like I'm a bit of a bitchy old man here, but uh, mm. the anger, 
uh, you know, the wars. We're all just human beings on this little dot in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm. And one country will get cranky in another country, and the, and it'll be about control. Yeah. It'll be about PTSD. It'll be about their country's PTSD. It'll be about their um, and America. I hate to have a go at America, but they're they're just ripe for that too. Oh yeah. Um, is that they when someone does someone wrong, the first question isn't why. The first first thing is the first question is how are we going to get them back? How are we going to actually uh, get justice and revenge and yeah. punish them and 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 put them in jail or beat them up or. Uh, and I'm thinking, my goodness, there, there's generational hate, mm. and then you have other countries where no, it is not generational. Just America, hate. there's all sorts no, of no, countries. All right, yeah, yeah, you get, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ireland and uh, uh, so yes, um, the answer, the reason it's not there is because there's a, a full thread of uh, resentment, uh, wanting revenge, mm. hate. Um, and you hear the hate speech and you hear the, the trolls online and everyone yeah. instantly angry. Just on that quickly, the, the trolls, the yeah. social media. Mm. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? What, trolls? No, social media. Or social media. Mm. That's a really interesting point. Do we need it in society? Because society didn't have it. Well, you know, it's what, 2005 onwards, whatever, whatever the actual year is. But mm. I think the, the buck stops with us. Mm. And I get people talk to me about social media and they go oh such and such right so much this and i read this from this person and oh my goodness they're always whinging about this mm. and i i think i don't see that so i edit i choose what i'm going yeah, to yeah, yeah. look at and you can obviously choose what you want to post as well right oh yeah. So, yeah well i, I yeah. and what you yeah yeah absolutely but i think a lot of those it's like the news um I, i'm coming to the the realization that I probably watch the news too much, so I'm mm. getting fed yeah. by all this negative. I can't mm. tell you how many years of my life, um, especially in winter, because it's the darkest time yeah. of year. I go to dad, and me and dad have this conversation every year. We go, you know what? We need to stop watching the, the news. news. Yeah. Absolutely. And the difference yeah. in our day mm. is yeah. still, it's could oh, not no. be wider. <laughs> See, my background is in media. As well, because yeah. I worked for the ABC for mm. oh, how many years? 15, 20 years. And part of it was in news. Yeah, so okay. I'd go out with the reporters career, and I would, yeah. I'd, I'd go to an interview, for example, and, and I'd see the interview from a politician and then the take it home, edit it. I wouldn't edit it. The, the reporter would edit it or somebody else would edit it for him. And then I'd sit down and watch the news that I've been involved in one of the stories and I'd go... He didn't say that. Mm. <laughs> yes, he said it, but yeah. that wasn't the context of what he was speaking about. Yeah. 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 And I just thought... Pfft. Well, I agree with you. It's, it's actually the human condition. So the, the, it, once again, we can go into this blame mm. that yeah. social media or whatever, but the human beings voted for it. Human beings yeah. do it. Mm. And they express themselves on there and they get angry and they do it. It's just a forum. And, yes. it, and it's where we're Platform. at. Yeah. And, and one thing about acceptance is if you're going to be an accepting human being, you've got to be accepting of even the unaccepting people. Mm. Um, so uh, if you, if, if, even the trolls, same question, rather than, oh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll get back and get my re revenge on him, I'll just go with, why? Mm. Right? And the why, oh, he's angry. Mm. Right? And he's, and he's got to expel that. He wants to feel. So let him yeah. go. And I, just like you, I can choose to have that in or out of my life That's right. by blocking or moving it or not going on yeah. it. So, and I trust, this is, I'm probably being naive here, but I sort of trust human beings are sort of getting there. 
and and I feel like, as I said before, even though the world seems terrible, we're actually in it. We're doing pretty good. Less people are dying. Mm. Less people are being killed. And it doesn't feel like it, but it's true if you mm. look at the stats. So mm. I'd like to think naively that we're actually heading a little bit more towards love. Th- that's what I'd like to think. Yeah, and I think, yeah. too, the longer... Social media is an example. The longer we get used to that, too, the longer we can filter it, the longer we can... You mm. know, and the luck anything, we get used to it. You know, the, the fab's gone. We can now... You know, use it for good. Use it mm. for, and you know, um, there's more like you know, there's more information education than ever. You'd like to think, you know, mm. there's a big section of the population that are going in the right direction. Right? Yeah, and there is a lot of good, right? Yeah, and, a lot and, of good. And the, hear about it. And the <laughs> algorithms and TikTok. Everyone's carrying on about TikTok. The, the weird thing about TikTok is that it sends you what you're interested in. Yeah. So if you're interested in the world being flat, it'll just keep you sending you telling yeah. you the world's flat. And we never went to the moon, right? But if you were interested in um, uh, Carl Jung or philosophy or love or um, uh, being present to people in pain, it'll keep sending you that. So, uh, I, once again, you, you get what you ask for. It's up to absolutely. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. So I don't write it off completely. I think social media is also an opportunity for people to vent. Mm. And we're talking about yeah. keeping it in. Well, yeah. they have an opportunity to put down something and get rid of that anger in some cases. They do. Mm. It doesn't mean to say, I've got to read it, though. No. Mm. I, but yeah, that I, helps them. It does. Exactly, yeah. It helps yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. So I'm not against it. No, it's just, I just pose the question, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I pose the question. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. I don't know if you get the feeling, but Jerry really wants to get involved in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he, I knew he you would tell, too. You, I can feel it. Can you, can you feel it? Yeah. He's been waiting for this since February. He's, he's got, the yeah. first one here. So. That's why I don't have a mic. Yeah. 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 He's in a, we're not going to have to leave when this finishes. Yeah, I, guess I, the car I think we should, have a, we should have a mic for Jerry. You know, yeah, you know like on those Tonight shows, they've got the guy over there? Yes. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. They bring the mannequin in. He's going to have a chat yeah. for three hours. He's going to process it with the mannequin. Yeah, he is. And then John said this. We do it in the, in the ABC sometimes. The the floor manager say, "Oh, the floor manager wants to bring something yeah, in." Yeah, that's so, true. Jerry, come on over. Yeah, come Tell on us over. what you're thinking about this. I like the Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> um, to sum up, um, can we all agree? Um, just with people in our lives, just to check in, have compassion. Mm. There's no such thing as too much checking in. There's no, no. Such thing as too much compassion. So, yeah. no, I don't. I think you know it's a general rule. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Connection yeah. and gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, just ask people how they are. Yeah. 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 That's it. And smile. How hard's that? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, one of the things that we do at our gym, um, I'm a chaplain now. It's not a church chaplain. I'm a chaplain that listens to people. Yeah. It's, I, I'm an ear. People say, what are chaplains? I say, we're ears. Yeah. So if you've got an issue, you can come over and talk to, to me, to any of, there's about four or five of us in there. And you just vent, and and you're heard without judgment. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, and it doesn't go any further. Yeah. That's that's um, the workout. Mm. That's the workout before the workout. And, and, yeah. and I've got to share one quick story. Sorry, mm. yeah, yeah, which is very relevant. Um, I had a guy in the gym. He's I can say he's South African. I'm not going to use his name. He's South African, nice guy, and that's I was working nice. with him. Um, and uh, he was asking me a few questions one day. He said, can we get together for a coffee? And we chatted, and I just talked generally about stuff, and uh, he um, he actually wanted to lose some weight. So I was talking to him mainly about losing weight and what to do. And uh, anyway, about probably three, four months later, I walked past, he was sitting with a couple of other guys, and I was going to the loo, and uh, he was. I just caught the conversation that we're talking about, suicides. Mm. And he turns around and points at me, and I'm not blowing my trumpet here, 
pointed at me and said, well, if it hadn't been for this guy here, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, and I went, right. what? Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. said, sorry? Yeah. And he, um, he went on and shared, do you remember the other day when we had coffee and we chatted? And, and I, I thought to myself, but we didn't talk anything about yeah. any of your problems or we were talking and he, and he said, he said, yeah, but you listened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. That, that summed it up. Mm. Absolutely. That summed it up. Mm. Absolutely. Um, we're going to leave it there. Um, we, could be, we could be here all night. We would. Mm. We really could. Definitely. But we'll set it for another episode. Um, mm. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Good um, fun. Thank Jerry. you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry.